0: Thanks for listening to another message from Life Christian Church. We hope it challenges and encourages you and helps you to grow in your faith. Don't forget, download our app to stay up to date with what's going on at life. Share your prayer requests or pray for others. Read the Bible online and much, much more. Simply search for Life Christian Church in your app store. Well, uh, continuing the series today, Encountering God. And we're up to part seven today. And... uh, Really, the whole premise of this is that if we are to really encounter God in and through our lives, we, we, there's so much we need to understand. We need to understand how, how it is we live by faith. We need to understand, uh, particularly this morning, how Jesus actually lived his life because he is the prototype for us. And as we examine how Jesus lived his life as a man, we can actually come to discover how we need to be living our lives today as God's children, as God's people. Um, I've said it many times before, that as we examine the life and the ministry of Jesus, we have to approach it with the tension of understanding that Jesus, when he lived his life as a man, he lived it fully human. He was a human being in every way. And and the tension is we've got to live our lives understanding that Jesus was never, ever less than God, but he lived his life as a man as though he were never more than a man. Jesus constrained himself to be fully human. He was never less than God, but he lived his life as a man as though he were never more than a man. Than a man. In fact, we've got some really interesting statements that Jesus made about himself. John 5 and 19, Jesus gave them this answer Very truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his Father doing, because what the Father does, the Son also does. So Jesus there is saying, The Son does nothing by himself. John 5 and 30, by myself, Jesus said, I can do nothing. That's Jesus speaking about himself. By myself, I can do nothing. John 8 and 28. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of the Man on the cross, then you will understand that I am He. I do nothing on my own, but say only what the Father taught me. So this is Jesus speaking about himself. He says, I do nothing on my own. I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say what the Father instructs me to say. I live my life in total dependency upon God. And this is what we want to unpack a little bit today. How Jesus lived his life. And in understanding how Jesus lived his life, we can understand then how we are supposed to be having been created in the image of God, how we're supposed to be living our lives. Some people might say, well, uh, if Jesus constrained himself to be fully man, how do we kind of explain his miracles? In fact, some people try to use the miracles of Jesus to prove his deity. And we say, well... Jesus performed great miracles because he was God. But if we're in that position, we're going to come a little bit unstuck because there were many others in the pages of God's word who performed miracles. Um, We know uh, Elijah performed miracles. Elisha performed miracles. Joshua performed miracles. You fast forward to the New Testament. Uh, Peter performed miracles, Paul performed miracles. There are many, many miracles that we see, not just in the life of Jesus, but in the lives of those that God called and got used. So we're going to come unstuck if we try to explain the miracles of Jesus in terms of that proves that he is God. So the miracles of Jesus actually aren't in and of themselves evidence of His deity. So what's the explanation then? Well, John 14 and 11. Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing His work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. So Jesus is saying the miracles, the works, what are they evidence of? They're not evidence of my deity, they are evidence that the Father is working in and through me. And the explanation for the works of Jesus, he says, it's my Father living in me. The explanation for the words of Jesus, Jesus said, it is the Father living in me. And it's so important, friends, for us to understand this. And at the same time, it's incredibly liberating and it's exciting because Jesus then goes on to say in John 15 and 5, speaking to his disciples, I am the vine and you are the branches If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. Get a hold of that. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Which is exactly the same as Jesus said he could do without the Father. I myself do nothing. And today I want to look at a principle that I think maybe some of us have overlooked. And there is something that is repeated time and time again in the Gospels that I'm certain perhaps some of us have missed. And I want to look at three examples of Jesus working. In John chapter 6, we have the occasion where Jesus fed the 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. John 6 and 10, Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place and the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. Now the next sentence actually tells us everything we need to know because in the next sentence, the miracle happens. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. And he did the same with the fish. So at the beginning of that sentence, there was 5,000, just counting the men alone, there was 5,000 hungry people and just enough food for one person. And at the end of that sentence, everybody has had as much as they wanted. So what happened in that sentence? There is only one clue there, and it says, he gave thanks. Now, that doesn't mean he said grace. It's very interesting. All four Gospels actually record this event. All four Gospels say exactly the same thing. He gave thanks. And I want to suggest today that giving thanks is the key to the miracle. What does it mean to give thanks? I've shared this before. Giving thanks is actually an expression of dependency. It's not just good manners. So somebody gives you a meal. They make you a coffee. They do a job for you, they help you in some way, we have this natural response that says, thank you. Now, in part, it's good manners. But it's an exp- it's an expression of dependency in that we're saying, thank you. I was dependent upon you to do that for me. Thank you. And giving thanks is an expression of dependency. So here is Jesus before 5,000 hungry people. And as he's already said, I can't do anything here. I've got no trick up my sleeve. I can do nothing aside from the Father. But he says, Father, I thank you. Father, I'm expressing my dependency upon you. You are my sufficiency in this situation. And in this beautiful spirit of dependency, he began to break the bread and the fish and passed it around, and everybody in that crowd had enough to eat. Now, why do I say that that's the key to the miracle? Is that a bit of a stretch this morning? Well, At the end of the day, the disciples got into a boat and crossed the Lake of Galilee. Jesus wasn't with them. Uh, If you recount the story, He comes later walking on the water. But John 6 and 22, here's John's report. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that only one boat had been there and that Jesus had not entered it with His disciples. But that they had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Now, we need to stop, and if we're familiar with the text, we can gloss over it. But I would suggest if you're giving an account of that event, it's a strange account to give. Surely you would have said they landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after Jesus had performed the miracle. After Jesus had miraculously multiplied the loaves and the fish. Surely that would be the message that you would want everybody to know if you're giving an account of that event. But John says... They landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. And He is clearly emphasizing the fact that the key to this miracle was Jesus giving thanks. Jesus was simply acknowledging that this is something that is not dependent upon me or any resources that I have as a man, but in dependence upon my Father. Father, I thank You. There's actually another similar occasion where Jesus uh, fed another large crowd, 4,000 people, slightly less people, and slightly more food. Matthew 15 and 36. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish, and when he had given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples, and they in turn to the people. So once again... When he's feeding the 4,000 people, he did the same thing. He gave gave thanks. Remember Jesus at at the tomb of his friend Lazarus. Lazarus had been dead for four days. Jesus arrives on the scene, enters into their grief, and then gives them an instruction to roll away the stone. Now, I don't know about you in that circumstance with a body in a tomb for four days. But that would have been a a huge, huge, huge step of faith. But John 11 and 41. So they took away the stone. Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And again, this is not something, God, that I can do for you as a man. This is something that you as God in me can do through me. Thank you. And having acknowledged beautifully his total dependency upon his father, he says, Lazarus, come out. And what happens? Lazarus came out. Remember the... The Last Supper, this final meal that Jesus is sharing with his closest friends. And here they are sitting around the table sharing their final meal together. And at the end of the meal, Jesus takes the bread and he lifts it up and he says, This is my body. And perhaps to their horror, he breaks the bread. And he said, Take and eat this in remembrance of me. Then he takes the wine from the table and he says, This is the blood of the new covenant, drink it. And maybe many of us are so familiar with this setting. Maybe what we haven't paid enough attention to is the fact that Jesus, when he took the bread, the first thing he did was give thanks. As he took the wine, He gave thanks. And Jesus is saying, Father, these emblems represent the broken body that in 24 hours from now will already be laid in a tomb. From every human perspective, this is a disaster. But from God's perspective, this is all a part of the purpose of For which I was born humanly, I can do nothing about this. But Father, I thank you. A dead body is no threat to you because you give life to the dead. Can I hear an Amen this morning? And Jesus, in total dependency upon His Father, He goes to that cross in that beautiful spirit of dependency. And friends, this is how Jesus lived His whole life as a man. That as a man in that spirit of thankfulness and gratitude, always acknowledging his dependency upon his father, he gives to us an example. This is exactly how you and I are to live our lives. And friends, here is the whole point. The only way we can develop a healthy expectation of what God wants to do in and through us if, is if we live our lives in the same way, in, in total dependency upon Him. Colossians 3 and 17 says, Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. He's saying whatever you do, do it in a spirit of giving thanks. Which means, guys, God can call you to do something and you can go, no way in the world. That's just way too big. That's way too scary, God. I, I couldn't even contemplate that. But if God calls you to do something, you can say, Father, if you've laid this upon my heart, I, I tell you, I, I can't do it but because I know you've called me, because I know you're asking me to do this. I can't do it, but God, thank you. I know you can. And there's a sense where we're, we're then passing that responsibility onto God. God, you're the one who has called me and you're the one who can do this. I thank you. And friends, I want to remind you, as I say on many occasions, The language of faith is not please. You don't have to go before God saying, oh, please, God, would you do this? Please, God, would you do that? Please, God. That is the language of a beggar. Friends, this morning, the Bible calls you a son or a daughter or an heir, a friend of God. And you don't need to approach God begging, saying, God, please, please, please. That's not the language of faith. The language of faith is... Thank you. Philippians 4 and 6, Paul says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So friends, in any situation that would normally frighten you, any situation that would normally uh, overwhelm you, any situation that would normally cause you to feel anxious, You just take it to God and you say, God, I thank you. Thank you, God. This is bigger than me, but I know it's not bigger than you. Thank you, God. This frightens me. It doesn't frighten you. Thank you, God. This would overwhelm me. It doesn't overwhelm you. And Paul says, with thanksgiving, with that spirit of dependency and faith, present your requests to God. He also writes in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 16. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus, which means when you're feeling good or whether you're feeling bad, whether the circumstance is nice or unpleasant in everything, you live in a spirit of dependency saying, thank you. Thank you, God. Now, you've got to note, Paul doesn't say thank God for the circumstance. You don't thank God for everything. Doesn't make sense. You thank God in everything. You don't thank God for the problem. Oh, God, I lost my job today. Thanks very much. Doesn't work. No, you thank God expressing your dependency In every circumstance, God, I didn't see this coming, but you saw it coming. I thank you. It's bigger than me. It's not bigger than you. I thank you. That even in your darkest, darkest moment, there's only one thing that we can do is turn to God and say, Father, I thank you. It's how Jesus lived his life. 5,000 hungry people, five loaves, two fish. What did he do? He turned his attention away from the loaves and the fish and 5,000 hungry people and turned his attention to God and said, God, thank you. You can do this. A smelly body in a tomb for four days. He turned his attention away from what seemed impossible in the natural. And turns the attention to God and says, God, I thank you. And even with his own death, just hours away, the broken bread, the poured out wine, he turns the attention from himself, turns his attention to the Father and says, Father, I thank you. And Paul says, in everything, give thanks. I'm going to invite the team to come back. And friends, this is so simple, but it's so vital for us to understand this. And can I say, if there's one thing that I've learned in my life is that my weakness is no threat to God. In fact, Paul would say the weaker we are willing to be, the stronger we are allowing God to be. Somebody once said, you only know that Christ is all you need when Christ is all you got. And when Christ is all you got, then you know Christ is all you need. And sadly, a lot of people fail to ever experience that. They can come to church week after week, sing a few new choruses, have some nice coffee, learn a few Bible verses, understand doctrine a little bit more maybe, I don't know. But you'll never learn anything unless you start to learn to say thank you expressing in all circumstances your dependency upon God. Maybe there's some of us this morning and we've got to turn the attention away from whatever it is we're going through, whatever it is that we're walking through right now. And that's all we can focus on. It feels overwhelming. It's all consuming. And let's start modeling what Jesus did, which was to turn the attention away from that, turn the attention to him. Say, God, I thank you. In this moment, with this thing simmering away in the background, this thing that threatens to overwhelm me, threatens to consume me, God, I thank you, you're bigger. I thank you that you're all I need. I thank you that you're my sufficiency. I thank you, Lord, I'm just choosing to live my life in total dependency upon you. And God, I'm looking to you right now. And as I look to you, you eclipse, you totally eclipse whatever it is that's going on here. And friends, we've got to learn to be those people who live their lives in an attitude of faith, an attitude of dependency that doesn't say, God, please, 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 an attitude that says, God, in faith, I'm saying, thank you right now. Father, I thank you. And friends, the reality is that our Christian life is actually a life of faith. Jesus said in John 14 and 12, if anyone has faith in me, He will do what I have been doing. And again, faith is expressed in our dependency upon God. We acknowledge our dependency upon Him. We say, thank you. And the more we learn to do that, the closer to Him we will draw. And the greater our faith will be as a result. Does that make sense this morning? What is it? that you need to say a thank you over this morning? What is it that you are carrying that you need to turn your attention from that thing and turn your attention to the God who is all you need to shift your perspective on that thing? To say, God, I'm trusting you right now. I thank you right now. I thank you, Father, that even though I don't like what's going on right now, it's not a threat to you. You're bigger than this. And God, right now, I am expressing my dependency upon you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. God." Let's all stand together this morning. Thank you, Father. Good. Every head bowed, every eye closed. And this morning if there's something that you need to declare a thank you over, just raise your hand. Father, I thank you. We thank you this morning. Every situation, every circumstance, Lord God, we surrender to You. And we choose right now to draw our focus from that thing. That thing that can be so consuming, that thing that can be so overwhelming. We choose now to shift our focus from that and we choose to shift our focus to You. And We say, God, thank You. Thank You. Thank you. In the same way that Jesus demonstrated this simple principle, I pray that it would be a reality for us. Lord, we turn the attention away from that issue. We turn our attention to You and we say, Father, thank You. You are all we need right now. Shift my perspective. God, I respond to You in faith. And Lord, I know You've got a solution to this. I know You're bigger than this. I know that You will bring me through this. God, You can bring resolution. I look to You. You are all I need. I thank You. I live my life in dependency upon You. You are my sufficiency in every circumstance and situation. And in all things, I give You thanks. Father, forgive us when we make those problems, the problems and the troubles of life bigger than You. Father, You are over all and above all. Nothing is a threat to You. May our confidence and our hope and our strength be in You always. We thank You. Even now, Lord God, that You would be shifting things. Even now, You'd be bringing breakthroughs. Even now, the fear, the anxiety that has gripped us over a particular thing, that You would release that now In Jesus' name. And we say thank you. Thank you, God. Help me to let go and to trust you more and more. I choose to live from a faith perspective. Thanking you in all circumstances. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Wonderful, loving Father. Lifting those burdens right now granting us that peace that passes all understanding right now. Thank you for the wonderful ministry of your Holy Spirit, just bringing healing right now, shifting perspective, restoring confidence, releasing from anxiety and just that overwhelming absorption with life's problems. Lord, release us from that. Walk with us through those challenges. Thank you, God. Thank you. I choose to keep my eyes fixed on you.